0: Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, as we enter into Holy Week on this Palm Sunday, we are summoned to a very particular attention. Obviously, everything that Jesus said and did is worth noticing But his words and actions as he enters the holy city at the climax of his life are especially compelling. This is precisely why the church returns again and again to these events and to these great texts that describe them. St. Mark tells us today that Jesus approached the holy city of Jerusalem from the east. Listen. When Jesus and his disciples drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, those who have visited Jerusalem know this, is just to the east of the Holy City. Bethphage and Bethany were on the further eastern slope of the Mount. So Mark's telling us very clearly that Jesus is approaching the Holy City gradually from the east. Well, you say, okay, so what? Well, in these great literary texts, which are the Gospels, nothing is unimportant. In the prophet Ezekiel, we hear that because of the corruption of the temple, the glory of the Lord had up and left. The prophet describes Yahweh's leave-taking in stages But here are the climactic verses. They're in chapter 10 of Ezekiel. The glory of the Lord went out from the threshold of the house, that's the temple, and stopped above the cherubim. The cherubim lifted up their wings and rose up from the earth in my sight as they went out. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord, the God of Israel, was above them. Might not strike us this way, but that is one of the most devastating passages in all of the Old Testament. For the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem was, practically in a literal sense, the dwelling place of Yahweh. To imagine, therefore, that the glory of the Lord had quit the temple was shocking in the extreme. That's Ezekiel's word of judgment, if you want, on the corruption of the temple. The temple, the holy city, were not what they were supposed to be, and so the glory of Yahweh up and left. However, Ezekiel prophesied that one day the Lord would return to his temple and from the same direction by which he left. Listen now from chapter 43 of Ezekiel. Then he brought me to the gate, the gate facing east. And there the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the east. The sound was like the sound of mighty waters, and the earth shone with his glory. He brought me to the gate, the gate facing east, the main gate of the temple, facing the Mount of Olives. And there the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the east, coming precisely over that Mount of Olives back into the temple. Upon this glorious return of Yahweh, Ezekiel predicted, the temple would be rebuilt, would be reconstituted. Okay. Now, those texts might be fairly obscure to us, but believe me when I tell you that pious Jews in Jesus' time certainly knew them. They were undoubtedly haunted by them. Think, for example, of the Essene community. They were a group of, we call them quasi-monastics, living in extreme poverty and asceticism. They believed, Ezekiel, that the glory of Yahweh had quit the temple, which is why they were setting up a kind of alternative temple. But I would say that pious Jews of of all types would have been haunted by these great texts. Now, Jesus arrives. As they're trying to understand him, what do they do? They turn continually to these ancient texts. That was the matrix for understanding what was going on. Now, turn up the heat when Jesus says something like this. In reference to himself, you have a greater than the temple here. Jesus proclaims himself to be the true dwelling place of Yahweh. Greater than the temple. And then they see what Mark saw This same Jesus approaching the old temple from the east, just as Ezekiel said the glory of Yahweh would approach the temple. Jesus, who consistently spoke and acted in the very person of God, who declared himself to be greater than the temple, is indeed the glory of Yahweh taking possession of this house. Now we understand much more thoroughly why he did what he did upon entering the holy city. He went to the temple and pronounced judgment upon it. Reiterating precisely what Ezekiel said many hundreds of years before. I will tear this place down, but then when? What else? And in three days rebuild it. Ezekiel said that when the glory of Yahweh would return to the temple from the east, the temple would be rebuilt, reconstituted. It's exactly what's happening here. In three days I will rebuild it. John tells us he's referring to the temple of his body. Palm Sunday is the return of the Shekinah, that's the Hebrew for the glory of Yahweh, to take possession again of his holy temple. Okay, as if that weren't enough, there are other great texts that were certainly haunting their minds as they watched what he did. The other great text I would suggest is Zechariah 9.9. 9. Listen. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's Zechariah 9.9. 9. Now, what's behind that text? Well, we know from 2 Samuel that King David took possession of the holy city of Jerusalem. It's David who made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And then, bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city, David dances before it. A great festive parade as he enters the holy city. David's son, Solomon, built a great temple in that new city. In the temple, he housed the Ark of the Covenant. For that brief shining moment under David and Solomon, Israel had a righteous king. But then, as we know, the kings of Israel fell into corruption. Much, by the way, as the temple had. temple that's meant to be the dwelling place of Yahweh fell into corruption. The kings of Israel fell into corruption. And the nation suffered. And so Israelites begin to dream. They begin to long for the return of the king. Long before Tolkien's book, the biblical idea was this. That one day... The true David would appear. One day, the true king would retake his capital city. He would defeat the enemies of the nation, and then he would reign as king of the world. Now, he'd be a human figure, this Davidic king. That seems pretty clear. But there's something else that makes this scenario more complicated. Another conviction begins to emerge in the literature of the Israelites. That Yahweh himself would rule in Israel. Listen, friends, just to a few of these passages. I could have chosen many, many more. Here's from the prophet Isaiah. "'Your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy.'" For in plain sight they see the return of Yahweh to Zion. Yahweh as king coming into Zion, his holy city. Here's something from the prophet Malachi. For I am a great king, says Yahweh of hosts. My name is reverenced among the nations. Here's something now from Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and king, and bless your name forever. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. Again, I could have chosen many, many more. What's the point? The point seems to be that Yahweh would become king. How? Precisely through a son of David who would enter the holy city. But now, now go back to Zechariah 9.9, not as a conquering hero, riding a fine Arabian charger, but as a humble figure, riding a donkey, indeed a young donkey. Could anyone at that time have missed that this is precisely what was happening on Palm Sunday? Jesus, who is speaking and acting in the person of God, enters the temple, enters the city, precisely as Zechariah said he would, The son of David, who is also the Lord himself, claiming dominion in his capital city. He was the glory of Yahweh returning to the temple, and he was the new David. Indeed, Yahweh himself returning as king to deal definitively with the enemies of the nation. Wonderful now, as Holy Week unfolds we see precisely how he fights, don't we? Not with the strategies and weapons of the world, but through the power of nonviolent love, forgiveness, and compassion. But this is why Pilate was correct in placing a placard over his cross, announcing that he was indeed the king of the Jews, and hence the king of the world. The temple is now filled again with the glory of Yahweh. That's Christ coming from the east. The holy city is now once again the capital of the king. That's why he entered on the foal of a donkey, as Zechariah said he would. Friends, let these two great images fill your minds and fill your hearts as Holy Week now ensues. And God bless you.